This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, we are discussing happiness. And it's cold in here, so please make sure you stay warm. And the doors open, the heat's coming in from that side. The heat's coming from here. Okay, so we said there's three principles for happiness. Three principles for happiness. Number one, appreciate life. Very, very important. People forget to do that. Is to appreciate what you have. Appreciate what you have. And really change the whole perspective. To appreciate what you have is so important. And that's why we see all these blessings during the day to appreciate everything we have. Everything we eat, we say a bracha. Everything we see, you see uh, all these wonders of uh, the world, right? You see, you go to the falls, Niagara Falls, bracha. You see the sea after 30 days, bracha. Wow. Why you got to appreciate? Because it appreciates. The person appreciates what they have. It's so important to appreciate what we have. We are the luckiest. I keep saying the same thing. Why? I like I like a tape recorder. A broken tape recorder. We repeat the same thing over and over again. We are the luckiest generation of Jews in 2,000 years of history. We are the luckiest generation. We have to keep on saying it to ourselves. To appreciate. We have to appreciate Hashem. Thank you so much. Because we are seeing the prophecies of ingathering of the exiles. We're seeing it around. Every day we're seeing it. Another guy moves from Hanabar. Israel. It's amazing. It's a miracle. We're seeing it in front of our eyes. We have to appreciate it. We have to say, wow, this is, we're living the, the days of the Geulah. We are living the days of redemption. We are living it. We have to appreciate it. We have to enjoy it. You can go to Israel anytime you want. You can walk down the streets of your forefathers. I, I get such a, a thrill going up and down my spine when I walk down the streets of Machani Udayim because I know my grandfather lived there. My great-grandfather lived there. So, uh, okay, so you have to appreciate it. You have to enjoy it. Number two is you have to find the silver lining in life. Everything has a silver lining. You just have to find it, that's all. What does Hashem want from this bad thing that happened? What good thing will come out of it? A person lost their job, they find a better job. Halavai. Find a better job. A person has to move. They find a better place to live. And it's amazing what, a, what Hashem is planning for a person. Sometimes we don't see it, but we have to look for it. What is the positive that comes out of the negative? Number three is we said we had to act happy. A person should act happy. So we have to master the skill of happiness. We all want to be happy. But it takes mastering the attitudes that cause happiness. That's, that's the important point. It's the attitudes of happiness. We're on page 16. Mastering the skills of happiness. It's a skill to be happy. Not everyone be happy. Why? It's like practicing walking down, uh, walking on a wire. Oh boy, they walked around a wire. No, I can walk on a wire if you put it on the ground. That's no problem. <laughs> that's the kind of wires I like to walk on. Okay, that's it. But you've got to be happy. How do you become happy? And the answer is you've got to master these three things. You've got to master the attitudes. How do you master your attitudes? That's a hard one. Enjoy what you have. You have a spouse? Enjoy the spouse. Even though you don't like the spouse. Oh, forget it. Enjoy the spouse. Look at the nice things that you like about the spouse. Think about the good things. Think about what you can appreciate the person. I was also not abusive. Learn to live with them. Mm-hmm. It's very hard because men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And it's so true. We are two different breeds. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. Men like some things and women like something else completely. They're looking at something from a totally different angle. Totally different angle. You know what? Okay, let's not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so we want everyone to be happy, but we have to be committed to being happy. We have to be committed to finding out what makes us happy. And whatever makes you happy... Do it again. If it's allowed, it's legal. I know. Legal. <laughs> Do it. 
So we have to make a commitment to changing the way we think. So all the time, a negative, negative thoughts come into a person's head. This is bad, this is bad, this is bad. We have to work on changing it to it's good or God will make it good. Hashem will make it good. Hashem will make it good. Wow, what a positive attitude in life. What a positive attitude in life. Life is now a positive experience instead of a negative experience. For a lot of people, life is a negative experience. It's a terrible thing because life is the biggest gift that Hashem can give a person. Wow. Let's say a few times. Life is the best gift. A person's awake. You're awake and you're alive and you're breathing. It's the biggest gift. You just won the lottery. We just won the lottery. So says, you know what? Thank God I, I won the lottery today. What lottery? You won the lottery? I'm alive. Life. You're alive? Oh, who cares? I'm really alive. No. <laughs> don't take it for granted. A lot of people don't wake up in the morning. A lot of people don't wake up in the morning. Everything we do before we go to sleep is really preparation for not waking up in the morning. It's amazing. So, thank God we won the lottery. All of us won the lottery today. We won the lottery. Which lottery did you win? I'm alive. You're alive? Who cares about that? I care. You're in this room. Huh? Number two. We're in this room. Wow. Thank you. What a good idea. Only trouble is a little bit cold. But heat's coming in from that direction. We have heat in the building. The heat's coming in. You know, the advantage of this building is we have so many heating units. If one breaks, no problem. We've got another one. 50 ones. There's like 15 heating units on the, on the roof. So... So it's very important to change the way we think. That's the key to happiness. It's all in your mind. We have that book, All in Your Mind. It really is in a person's mind. So you have two people sitting next to each other with similar lives. One is happy, one is sad. What's going on of you? What's going on? And the answer is all in their mind. How they view life. So be positive spin on life. Put a positive spin on life. A person's going to make the best of what Hashem gives them. The person's going to accept. Listen, if this is what Hashem wants for me, He wants me to be the rabbi here, I'll make the best of it. What can I do? Yeah, it's stuck in a place, whatever it is. Make the best of it. Wherever you are, make the best of it. Look at Yosef. This is an amazing story. Yosef Atzadik. Yosef is called Yosef Atzadik. Why? He passed tests that other people would never pass. He's called Atzadik. Look at him. Wherever he goes, he's making the best of life. He becomes the servant to... Potiphar, I'm glad you came today, boy, save me. He became a servant of Potiphar, right? And what happens? What does he do? He becomes a manager of the house. He said, you know what, I'm a slave. Okay, so I'll do the minimum work. I'll work in the place where the master can't see me. I want to be spotted by anyone. I just want to hide behind the bushes as much as I can. You know, some slaves are just very, very lazy. They're just hiding and trying to get away with everything. So, no, Yosef is pushing himself to the best possible work. Eventually, his master appreciates and makes him the top guy in the house. And then he, they put him in jail, right? What happens in the jail? He becomes the assistant to the head of the jail. Why? Why do your best everywhere you are? If Hashem wants me in this situation, Hashem wants me here. What can I do? I try my best. But I'm going to make the best of the situation. That's the key. Make the best of the situation. Now you're here. Make the best of the situation. Be positive. Make the best of the situation, make it work. Make the situation work. It's very hard. It requires mastering attitudes and requires changing actions that lead to happy thoughts. Now try and think happy thoughts. So wishful thinking is not sufficient. The person says, you know, I wish I was happy. Well, the choice is in your hands. You have to choose to be happy. Even if it's a cold day outside and it's freezing, it's going to snow. What if some people like snow? I don't know. I don't like snow. Personally, I don't like snow. I fell too many times in the snow. But some of you love snow. But you've got to find a way to make yourself happy looking at the snow. It looks beautiful, honestly. If you're inside a warm room and you're looking outside, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's 
Exactly. It's difficult. Difficult walking in the snow and shoveling the snow and moving around the snow. Okay. So Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat got to change the attitude and they have to commit themselves. Oh. Yeah, tell them not to. Oh, close the door. Okay. There's so many things going on in this building. Okay. So this is a beautiful story over here. Uh, Rabbi Pliskin brings down a beautiful story. He says, true story happened to verify it with an employee, employee of the lottery company. Here we are. A man had a dream that four specific numbers would be among the winning six numbers. Have you, have you, seen, have you heard the story? No. Yeah, oh, good. Told I told already? Yeah. Okay, I'll skip the page. I'll tell again. Okay, yeah. you don't mind. So a person had a dream, four winning numbers. There's six numbers in the lottery. Yeah, they do have this open or shut? Yeah, because the heat's coming in from there. I know. You want to close it? Close it. Close it. Close it. It's okay. I can teach him two minute meditation. Ah, two minute meditation. There you go. There you go. That's it. So uh, there's a lottery. Four numbers he dreamt of. So what does he do? He buys every single permutation of tickets with two more numbers. Can you imagine. So there's two other numbers. He buys every single combination permutation of all the other two numbers. He invested $1,000 in buying every single lottery ticket of those six numbers now. He has six numbers now. Four he dreamt of, and the other two. And what happens? He wins two grand prizes, this guy. First time in Israel's history. He won 20 million shekels at that time, around $5 million. So he invested $1,000. And four tickets had the winning numbers. Two of them belonged to him. The first time in Israel's history. This is the true story. Verified with the, with the lottery company. Any single individual had two winning tickets in a single lottery. His total commitment won him 10 million shekels. So he followed up with his dream. A lot of people have dreams, but they don't follow up. That's the thing. So he had a dream, and he followed up on a dream. Boy, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. So um, happiness, the truth is, happiness is more than wealth. More what? More important than wealth. Happiness is the mo- more important than wealth. Oh, wow. Wealth. More important than wealth is happiness. Ezu Ashir. Samech Behalko. doesn't matter. Wealth is, money doesn't make a person happy. It makes you, make you comfortable. It doesn't really make you happy. Knowing they have money in the bank, okay, now I have a little bit of a... But you know what? It takes away from a person's bitachon. It takes away a person's trust in God. A person has no money, at least they have trust in God. A person has money, they, they trust in the money, not in God. Which is a very, very dangerous thing to do. Very, very dangerous. True story. Chavitz Chaim, I just read yesterday. He went to Moscow on a fundraising tour. I don't know if you're going to go to Moscow to go on a fundraising tour, but in the, and, uh, I guess he was pretty desperate. He's living in Radin, Poland, and he has to go to Moscow to raise money. And the rich Jews in Moscow. So he has a meeting with all the rich Jews over there. And he says, listen, your money you can't take with you. Your money, you never know what might happen tomorrow. And the guy said, I'm diversified. <laughs> I'm diversified. I'm guaranteed nothing can happen to my money. I have so much diversity in my money, funds, nothing can happen. So Chavos Haim says, yeah, but look what it did to you. It made you proud. It changed your midot. It made you into a proud man. And that's something which is a disaster for you. It made you proud. It made you balgava. made you a proud person. So a person with no money has humility, has trust in God, and has money. It made them into a proud, changed the personality. I'm, I'm the biggest shot. I'm the big shot. person thinks he's a big shot. Oh boy, that's scary. Why? Because there's only one big shot, that's Hashem. Hashem does not like big shots. Why? Hashem says, there's no room for me and him in the same world. And I'm not going to go, he's going to go. <laughs> so it's a very big danger. The test of money is a tremendous test. 
But a person has money has to say, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. I still trusted you, Hashem, because I know money can come. And money goes. We used to have a collector over here, a Russian guy, he used to come every morning. Money come, money go. Money come, money go. That's the principle. That, that works the, the cycle in life. That's what Shlomo Amelech says in Kohelet. One generation comes, one is a galgal in the world. It's, it's a cycle in the world. Poverty, riches, poverty, riches, poverty, riches. Yosef said, had a hypothesis every seven years. The economy goes good and the economy goes bust. And that's what we're seeing in America. It's like a seven year cycle. They do talk about it today in economics. This is an old thing in the Torah. Yosef, the, the prediction of, of uh, Pharaoh's dream, right? right. Seven years. Boom and bust. And we see this every cycle. It's like boom and bust cycle every seven years or so, approximately. Last year was 2008. So we're overdue now for a bust. It's just leading up to now. Everything's going up. Uh, that's the most dangerous time because then once the uh, you know, small investors get sucked in, that's when the bust comes. That's when the big guys get out and leave the bunch on the small investors and they lose all their money and they don't care. So... It looks like it's leading to a bust. I don't know when the bust is going to be, but it's going to be a bust. We don't know. Everything's followed by a bust. All the booms are followed by a bust. So when it's booming, business is booming. Save, 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 save. When it's bust, you have money saved up. That's what Yosef teaches us. Very, very important idea, cycle. But the only one thing you can't... Hashem, Hashem is the key. Hashem is the source. Hashem is the constant in a person's life. Hashem. And people go, no, they're rich, they're poor. There's only one constant, and that's Hashem. Bitachon Hashem. That's Monday night class, 8 o'clock. So anyway, so the man had a dream. But he didn't consider his dream a fantasy. He considered his dream a prediction from Hashem. How do people think of their dreams? And they dismiss their dreams. The truth is most dreams are garbage. But if a dream keeps on coming up and it wakes a person up, it's something, there's a message over there. Let's look at their dreams. Sometimes a person gets a message in their dream. Anyway, we have to, now this is a very, very important key. Happiness is more precious than wealth. And it's different than wealth. Why? Because wealth you have to work so hard to get. And happiness is a touch of a button. Happiness is in your mind. Happiness is so easy to get. And there's so many people who are unhappy. Why? They don't know the secret. The secret is we make ourselves happy. We have to open that door in our minds to happiness. We have to commit ourselves to happiness. We have to commit ourselves to living a joyous life and all the benefits, the emotional health, the material benefits. And you will be able to attain profound spiritual awareness and love for Hashem. A person who is happy will say, Hashem, thank you so much for creating me. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me so much happiness. I love you so much, Hashem, because you give me so much happiness. A person who is unhappy will say, what do I have to thank God for? So a person who is happy is living a different spiritual life. And it's a very powerful idea. And spirituality and happiness go together. If you see a spiritual person who's unhappy, he's not spiritual. Guaranteed he's not spiritual. Because you can't be unhappy and love God and praise God. You can't. It's impossible. So a person's got to make themselves find that joy in life. Because with that joy comes all these benefits. Emotional health. Physical health. Material benefits. Spiritual awareness and love of the Creator. The Hazanish says this amazing line. I'm going to tell you. It's page 17. When a person becomes aware of the reality of Hashem's existence, they will experience limitless joy. Wow. A person is aware of Hashem's existence. So it's not just, obviously, I know Hashem exists. But if you're really aware of you think about it, you get limitless joy. Hashem gives you tremendous joy. It's the joy of knowing Hashem. It's the joy of cleaving to Hashem. It's the joy of, as if, uh, 
You see, I was sitting at, at breakfast this morning with a guy. He had two kids on his lap. And his kids just grab onto him. They latch onto the guy. They latch onto him. And they're like little... This, they're uh, sucking his uh, lifeblood from him. just holding onto him. And they're happy. The kids are happy. Why? Because they're with daddy. The person knows Hashem is our father and our mother and our parent in heaven. And they're latching onto Hashem. They're going to be really happy. Really, really happy. That's the secret of happiness, really. So a person merits becoming aware of the reality of Hashem's existence will experience limitless joy. All the pleasures of this world are nothing compared to the intense pleasure of a person cleaving to the Creator. We can't even imagine. This is a very high level, obviously. But those on that level are very, very happy people. Why? Because they're, they're clinging to the Creator. It's amazing. This is an amazing idea. Concept. So basically, that's bottom, bottom line. Happiness is up to us. It's a free will decision. We can create our happiness and we can destroy our happiness. It's amazing. Power we have. When we commit ourselves to mastering happiness... I won't get sad. I won't get depressed today. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to make myself happy. Okay. When it's, I decide now, I'm going to make myself happy for the rest of the week. Wow. Shavuot Tov. I'm going to make myself happy for the rest of the week. You know, as far as we have an interesting custom. When you say Borei Pregefen, it's a minhag to look into the cup and see your reflection of your Metzach. Because Metzach is Gematria Bracha. Uh, whoever, whoever wants to do the Gematria. Look in your forehead. And as far as we start laughing. Because when you laugh at the beginning of the week, it's a prediction for the rest of the week. So you laugh. And That's why they do that from Dallas? Yes. So we laugh because the first thing you should do when the week starts is laugh. The first thing you should do when the week starts is start off your week with a laugh, with a happiness. And this way your whole week will be happy. So it's very important to start off. The way things start off, that's the way it normally ends off. So we start off our week with a laugh and a, and a smile. And it's catchy. You smile and everyone starts laughing. You all start laughing. Okay. So it's very, very important. It's good. It's good to be happy. And happiness is a key to spirituality. It was Rava in the Torah. The Talmud says Rava started off all his speeches with a joke. Rava said he started off all his speeches with a joke. Just to get when people are happy and they're laughing, they're in a different frame of mind. Their ears are open to hear. When a person is miserable, they don't want to hear from anything. <laughs> that's where you got that from? Yes, that's where I got it from. It's very, very important. <laughs> Start off with a joke and you change people's perspectives. You change people's... It's amazing. Gemara. It's amazing. Gemara. Rabbi Kiva says, when he saw people dozing off in his kashur, he would say a riddle to wake him up. He would say something, ask them a question. They all wake up. Huh? What did Rabbi say? He asked a question. What? <laughs> happens all the time. It works. Okay. So it's number 19. We're on page number 19. Now we come to a very interesting statement. Which a lot of people think to themselves. They may not say what they think to themselves. I'm not happy. And, I, and my biggest problem is I feel I don't deserve to be happy. Oy, 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 what a self. What a thing to say to oneself. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve God's blessing. God says, I don't deserve it. Why? What do you do? So do teshuva. If you don't feel you deserve God's blessing, it's because you did something. So do teshuva. But really, God doesn't love me. Look at my life. I'm this and this and this. I don't love, God doesn't love me. No. You have to think that God loves you. Even despite all the troubles, it could be much worse. A person says to himself, I don't, I'm not happy. And my biggest problem is I feel I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to, I don't consider myself to be evil, but I'm nobody special. Oy, oy, oy. Every single human being has to feel I'm special. The whole world was created for me. Wow. Adam, Adam, and Eve was only one person. The whole world was created for him. Each one of us is walking a little Adam and Eve walking around. The whole world was created for us. The whole world. Who's the rabbi who went to the store? He says, wow, look how you work to 
to make me a loaf of bread. We don't really realize how much work is involved making a loaf of bread. Ten out of 39 forms of work on Shabbat are to do with making a loaf of bread. Ten out of 39. It's a third of all the melachot of Shabbat. Nearly a third of all the melachot of Shabbat are to do with planting and reaping and sowing and all the work, all the works uh, to do with baking bread. So much work made. A person goes to buy a suit, says, wow, look how many thousands of people worked for me to make a, a suit for me, make a clothes for me. Amazing. You guys working all over the world, working, working for us. Amazing. You buy a car, it's got pieces from here, pieces from there. How many people had to work to bake your car? If I had to build a car from scratch, it would take me a lifetime. And here you just go and buy one. It's amazing. It's a miracle. We are so lucky. And the person says, oh, God doesn't love me. But I'm driving a car, i got a house, i got a this, i got that. Hashem doesn't love you. How do you get everything? You're alive, you're walking. Hashem loves you. What do you mean Hashem doesn't love you? Sure, Hashem loves you. So we have this, some people have this problem inside, internal problem, self-esteem, you call it whatever you want. But it's something that a person has to work on themselves. We have to work on ourselves. A lot of people don't know how to work on themselves. That's why books of Musar are for self-help. The first self-help books in history. The Torah is the first self-help book in history. It's a, it's a manual for life by the creator of life. The Torah is the manual for life by the creator of life. All these stories we read in Breshit are the most important character lessons and psychological devices in the, in the whole Torah is giving us. All the whole of Breshit. All the big problems, the major problems in history are mentioned in the book of Breshit. The first one being sibling rivalry. And not listening to God's word first caused all the problems in history. If you look at it, what caused the problems in history? Adam and Chavad did not listen to Hashem. Caused all the problems. If they devoted would listen, we wouldn't have all these problems. If Cain did not kill Hebel, and if all the brothers did not hate each other, we wouldn't get any exile. No exile. So we caused our problems. We, without character flaws. Okay, next line. I have many character flaws. I lose my temper too frequently. I tend to be lazy. Lazy. You can't expect someone like me to be happy. So the answer is, a person's got to choose. And not to be lazy on this issue. A person shouldn't be lazy and say, I can't be happy. Wrong. You can be happy, it takes work. It takes changing attitudes. People have to change their attitudes. Number three. I was told as a young child I was a failure. And I wouldn't amount to anything. Why, why, why? Terrible thing to tell a child. A person's got to see the potential of a child. It's very hard to do. Especially teachers who are teaching 30 kids in a class and one chick is misbehaving, throw them out. What do you do with them? What are you going to do with them? They're disrupting the whole class. What do you do? It's very hard. They say, no, I love the kid. Leave him inside. Let him disrupt it. I can't do that. What do you do? But afterwards, you've got to take the kid aside and say, listen, it's not because I don't like you. I think you have a lot of tremendous, tremendous potential. And you know what the kid says? He thinks I have a lot of potential? Wow. The teacher thinks I have potential? Wow, that's worth a lot, by the way, for a kid. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of potential. Why don't you use your potential? Just wasting your potential. But tell a kid you're a failure. No, that's the worst thing you can tell a kid. So my deep feelings of unworthiness, unworthiness have prevented me from being happy throughout my life. Well, wrong. We make our choices. No one else should make our choices for us. We cannot let other people make our choices for us. A person makes other people, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Who are you to talk? I was, I was uh, listening to someone the other day. He says his niece came crying to him. My brothers are calling me this and this and that. He says, are you a refrigerator? I said, no. Maybe you're a refrigerator. He said, no, I'm not a refrigerator. <laughs> she started laughing. He said, that should be responsible when they call you names. If you're not, you're not that, you're not that. So laugh. No, you know you're not. So why should you let it affect you? We should not let other people label us. 
No one is allowed to label us. We cannot. Really, when these people are young, it's hard to I know, I know. But we have to learn this lesson. And that's what we have to teach this lesson. I'm telling you because you're, you're all educators. Everyone who has a child, everyone who has a sibling, has an educator. You have this ability to tell other people. We cannot let other people label us. Who are they to label us? It's not their right, not their prerogative. They're not our creators. Only a creator can label us. If you were born, that is all you need to deserve. Uh, live a happy life. Happiness is a birthright. Now, it's interesting because, you know, we know the American dream, right? The pursuit of happiness. We know we have the right. It's an American right. It's amazing. It's very similar to what Judas says. But Judas says one more, one more thing. It's not just a right to pursue happiness. You have the ability to be happy. You don't have to pursue it. It's in your mind. You have the ability yourself. It's a birthright. It's part of your birthright to be happy. It's amazing. Think about it. You know, this week's parasha is very last week. We just read. I'm sorry, that was really last week. It's amazing how this week becomes last week already. So the parasha we just read, it says, Yaakov worked seven years for his wife, Rachel. And the, the, year, the seven years were like a few days in his eyes. I never understood that. You didn't? Huh? You didn't understand that? I say it's very hard to understand. Oh. How could if he's working for the beloved wife, right? The, his, it's not just the wife, it's his lover. He loved her. It says the first time he saw her, he loved her. Now you take that. So the trouble is our mistaking the word, word love. Love is not a Hollywood love. It's not desire. Love is giving and love is commitment. And that kind of love is like a few days. I can understand that now. But you, you take that into daily terms and say, listen, that seven years of desire was like a few days. It's possible. The guy can't sleep at night. What do you mean seven years became like a few days? He can't sleep at night. So it's a different type of love that we're talking about. I'm saying how Yaakov was happy doing that. Seven years. It was his joy of working seven years. It's like a person working so hard to support their children. They should say, it's my privilege and my joy to do this for you. I find joy in doing this. Why? Because it's worthwhile. I'm living, I'm, I'm investing for the future of the Kalani Israel by, by supporting these children. It depends how a person is, thinks about something. You know, every time I get a call from another organization, we're raising money for this, raising money for this, raising money. So there's two attitudes you can have. One attitude is, oh, no, like, yeah, I can't take this anymore. It's ridiculous. Well, okay. You know, what, what merit I have? David Amenach says, Only good things should chase me all the days of my life. Only good acts of kindness should chase me all the days of my life. So we have opportunities. These things are chasing us. Good things are chasing us. Not the IRS, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> it's not the uh, I don't know immigration services, Bar chasing us. So it's uh, it's uh, good things. The, the the organizations they're chasing us. You know the story of the couple. They were lost. The plane was going down in the middle of Black Africa. They went on a, on a safari, and the plane prepared itself for a crash landing. We're landing in the middle of the jungle. So the wife tells the husband. And then when the JNF called you last night, did, did you make a, did you give the check or did you make a pledge? He said, I made a pledge. Says, oh, they'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find us, all right. <laughs> so it's good to make pledges, by the way. Okay. They'll find you. They'll find you. <laughs> if you ever lost, they'll find you. Okay. All right. It's amazing. So just being born is a ticket to happiness. Hashem says, I want you to be born so you can feel happiness. Happiness is a birthright. Wow. And we're so happy. You know, we're so happy. You know why? There's a special prayer. Right? It's the bracha on the, on the Torah.
Thank you, Hashem, for choosing us among all the nations and giving us your Torah. It made so many people happy. We people today don't appreciate it. That's why they're happy. We won the lottery as a nation. We won the lottery. It's the only nation that won the, that won the lottery of getting the Torah on Har Sinai. We saw Hashem face to face. We won the lottery of history. That's why they hate us. Because we won the lottery. <laughs> I made someone happy at least. <laughs> but you know what? There's another phrase we say. And this is the Ubalis Yon. The last paragraph. Thank you, Hashem, for creating us for your honor. Okay, so it's, a, it's an amazing concept. You created us to give honor to yourself, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for giving. So all these are thanks, the, the truly thanks that make, should make a person, when you say this, should make you happy. A person should, make, a person should be happy that we have this opportunity, we have this choice, we have, we're raised among the nations, we don't have to worry about being pulled down by physicality all the time and doing things like animal-like behavior. We're trying to raise ourselves above that, that should make us happy. Happiness is a birthright. Can you open the door now, please? I think the noise has stopped. And being warm is nice, even happier, right? <laughs> so happiness is a birthright. You don't have to be considered special by any other person to have a right to be happy. Every human being has intrinsic worth and infinite value. This is an amazing Jewish concept. We're creating the image of God. We have intrinsic life and ability and potential, which is tremendous, yes. How about... Um we learn that Hashem has us suffer in this world instead of the next. Okay. So, so that's also a cause for happiness. Also a cause for happiness. A person, a person suffers in this world to get atonement for the next world. Baruch Hashem. You know the biggest suffering? What's the biggest suffering in this world? Just come to this class. No. That is the suffering. No. That is more kapara. Learning Torah is the biggest kapara. Learning Torah is the biggest atonement for anything. Keeping Shabbat. It's great. People don't realize. It's a person could be the biggest sinner and biggest idolater and Shabbat is atones for everything. Amazing. Thank God. I said, Shabbat. Well, thank God for Shabbat. It atones for everything I did. Shabbat is one of the biggest mikvah. It's a mikvah. You're immersed in a mikvah of time. You're immersed in holiness. Amazing. Shabbat is a different experience. A person, if a Shabbat is not a different experience for you, you're not keeping Shabbat properly. It has to be. Shabbat has to be a different experience. And the only way you'll experience it really, if you're really going to classes and shurim during Shabbat, not wasting time, it's not a day for idle chit chat. You know, it's it's so fast in the winter. It's so fast. It's just over before you know it. It's tragic. When the summits, you feel Shabbat. Yeah, true. So it's important. We have to know that. Everything we do, everything that happens to us, gamzula tovah, gamzula tovah, makes should make a person happy, and that's a tragic end of. Sh- oh, I didn't want to say this story, but you brought it up. Nachamish gamzu, tragic end of nachamish gamzu, tragic. Oi, nachamish gamzu, the biggest rabbi, the, the greatest man, with Sadiq. What happened one day? One day he was walking to his father-in-law's house. The Gemara says, and he had a mule with all delicacies for his father-in-law, taking his gifts to his father-in-law. And a poor man came to him and said, Rabbi, give me some food. And he says, hold on one second while I unload my mule and he's taking out everything. In the meantime, the guy died. And Nachemish Gamzu said, the hands that didn't give him should fall off. And the legs that didn't run to do this should fall off. And, and, the, and then the students find Nachemish Gamzu in bed. He can't move, he has no hands, no legs. He cursed himself. And he found him in a bed... And the bed was in the buckets, in buckets of water. The four, the four uh, posts of the bed were in buckets of water so the ants couldn't come up on the bed and bite him because he couldn't scratch himself. And they cried, the students cried, Rabbi, woe to us to see you like this. He said, no, it's good you see me like this because the hands that didn't give the poor man should fall off. And this is my kapara, and I'm so happy that I'm getting the kapara in this world. We can't understand this. 
But that's the that's the added nachem shigam. Even the kapara is good, but bezrasha won't need that. I told you, if you keep Shabbat, you won't need that. You keep uh, it's a mikvah. Bezrasha, learn Torah. It's a mikvah. Best. He should have said, "I'm going to study more Torah. I'm going to study more. I'm going to keep more Shabbat. I'm going to share Shabbat better. I'm going to celebrate better." That's the best kapara. I tell you, best kapara. Just having children is kapara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You were born. That's your birthright. Happiness. That's amazing. We all have intrinsic worth. We don't realize our worth. We have a soul. Wow, we have a soul. And that soul goes all the way up. All the dimensions goes all the way up to Hashem. Amazing. If we could talk to our soul, we could have prophecy right now. If we only knew how to communicate with our souls, we have prophecy because our soul knows everything. Soul is close. It knows everything. All the secrets. Nothing. Nothing is hidden from the soul. And we could communicate with our souls. That's all it takes. We'd be tremendously happy. Some people mistakenly feel that happiness is only for those who somehow deserve it. Wrong. It's for everyone. So it's a very, very important idea that we have to decide to be happy. We have to decide ourselves to be happy. It's a free will choice. Not only is it happiness a birthright. It is actually an f- obligation to be happy. Rav Noach Weinberg. Happiness is an obligation. By the way, Rav Noach Weinberg was amazing. I tell you, he was amazing. Thank God I met him a few times. The man is amazing. Just the way he would talk. Because he was really a salesman. I don't know if you know. He started off as a traveling salesman. I don't know what he's selling. But he's a natural salesman, this man. Everybody he talked to, you know. It's a salesman. He knows how to pitch. So he's, he's traveling around America. He's religious. His father was a, a Rav somewhere. I don't remember where he was Rav. And his brother became the Rav of Neri Israel in Baltimore. And he's a traveling salesman. And he sees the sad state of Jewish life in America. And he goes back and he tells all the rabbis, do something, do something about it. And no one does anything. He said, I'm going to do something. So he opened the yeshiva for Bali Chuba in Israel called Esha Torah. Amazing. And then he opened up branches all over America of Esha Torah. And they came here a few times to do discovery seminars. When I first came here, I brought them a few times to do discovery seminars. Amazing. He says, happiness is an obligation. You have an obligation to yourself to be happy. Why? Because we have an obligation to be healthy. You will guard your souls very carefully. It's a mitzvah to be healthy. And one of the fundamentals of being healthy is happiness. You can't be healthy without being happy. It's very, very important. So when you're happy, you've got to be healthier. And you have an obligation to other people to be happy. Because when you're happy, you're going to treat other people better. And when you're happy, you're going to make other people happy. So can you imagine how much chesed you're doing just by being happy? But see someone and smiles at them, it's it's happiness. It's like you're encouraging people to be happy. It's so critical. You're depressed, you make other people depressed around you. You just, what a terrible thing you did. You're spreading the depression around. You're spreading unhappiness in the world. The only exception is when you go to a house of mourning, you can't be happy there. It's not time to crack jokes. As the Shlomo Melech says, there's a time, there's a fame that became a song, right? Uh, was it chapter 3 of uh, Kohelet? There's a time to be happy and a time to be sad. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh. Everything has a season, you have to know. So that's the only time a person should be happy. But there's times to be happy. We have an obligation to be happy. We have an obligation to other people to be happy. Wow, that's amazing. You have an obligation to the Almighty to be happy, for He's your loving Father and wants you to be happy. God wants us to be happy. The biggest thing we want for our children is we want them to be happy, right? They always say, I hope my children will be happy. My children will be happy. If it makes you happy, I'll do this for you. Wow. Make you happy. Just it's such. Really, they shouldn't need anything to be happy. 
happiness in the mind. You don't need anything to make you happy. If only I had this, I'll be happy. Yeah, like heck. And when you get that, what do you want? You want something else. You want something else. I want this. And that's what we're telling ourselves constantly. This is American society. If I had this, I'll be happy. If I had this, then I'll be happy. I'll be happy if I had this. If I had this, I'll be happy. And you're the person never happy. Because they're making the happiness dependent on material things. So it's the happiness in the mind. The person doesn't need anything to be happy. It's amazing. Children are born happy. That's it. Unless they're born miserable. Okay, they're born happy. So it's an obligation. You see, children. some children are just born with smiles on their faces. It's amazing. Always smiling. I had a daughter who was... Oh, I love her. Oh, she, always smiling. Thank you. See, you just made me happy. <laughs> An angel came in and came out. And gave me some money. No, what a sweetheart. Cash. Oh, boy. This is really going to make us happy today. It attracts. Happiness attracts happiness. Amazing. It's happiness and obligation, as Reverend Ochmaiwa says. Obligation to be happy. Why? Because Hashem loves us and He wants us to be happy. What does the Father want from His side? He wants to be happy. So Hashem wants us to be happy. So look at this now. This is... Uh, this is what someone said when they heard the shear of Rav Noah Weinberg. This is what they said. This, this is their reaction to the shear. When I first heard of the concept of happiness and obligation, it made me sad. Now I got another obligation. Well, I got another mitzvah now to be happy now. <laughs> I tend to view obligations as heavy responsibilities. Does that mean now, now I'm unhappy? I've got to feel guilty as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It made me more unhappy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's two ways of looking at this. Such a, it's amazing how people can take this mitzvah to be unhappy. Why? A mitzvah now, another mitzvah now. I gave another rabbi, made another mitzvah now to be happy now. On top of everything now, I've got to be happy now. If I'm not happy, I've got to be guilty. And if I'm guilty, I feel bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Die, die. Yeah, no, right? But when I realized I have a strong moral and ethical obligation to be happy, it increased my motivation to develop my appreciation for what I have. When I incur a financial debt, I work diligently to repay it. As a matter of fact, I feel good. I'm a responsible person. And I'm meeting my obligations. Now I'm viewing my obligation to be happy in the same way I give, I give myself credit for the effort I put into this project. Viewing happiness as obligation is motivating me to help others meet the happiness obligation. So, this is a very interesting concept. It's, it's an obligation to be happy, but, but it's a choice we make. It's an easy choice to make. You can always view things through the prism of happiness, or you can view things through the prism of miser- miserable. But it can make other people miserable. It's terrible to make other people miserable around us. So it's such an important thing to pretend to be happy even when someone is not happy. The only problem is, as someone said last week, is if a person has real problems, they have to share it. They have to share those problems. They can't keep it inside and make it worse. But that's what comes to the other things. It's an emotional thing. But it's good for the emotions to be happy. But it's going to know it. It's good for their health to be happy. So, what are the first thoughts that come into a person's mind when they wake up? Because that's really the key to happiness of the day. We don't realize. A person wakes up and says, oh gosh, I'm exhausted. That's my first reaction. Got to get up. Alarm clock. Boom, 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 boom. 6.13, I got to get up. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you have to wake up in the morning. So, what's your first thoughts? The more joy you experience in your life, the more gratitude you will have. And the easier this will be for you. Imagine a person should scream in their heads, I'm alive. Where's the coffee? I'm alive. <laughs> so a person can shout in their minds to themselves, I'm alive. Thank God, I'm alive. Thank you, Hashem, I'm alive. Thank God, Hashem, I'm alive. I'm alive. So 
So a person is going to think all the scenarios. What would be the reaction of the scenario? Now, I've heard of people come out of a crash, and the police say, I don't know how this guy got out of this. His car is a total wreck, and the guy, we didn't expect the guy to be alive. Not only is he alive, but he's walking. Wow. What would be the reaction of that person? Joy. Hagomel, Rabbi, I'm making Kiddush. What happened? My car got smashed, but it's a miracle. It came out alive. That should be our reaction every morning we wake up. We survived. We survived another night. We're awake, we're awake, we're alive, we're in this world. It's a potential car crash. Someone inadvertently walks into a robber's crossfire with the police. Someone is kidnapped, threatened with being killed, and is eventually released unharmed. Someone is safe from drowning or survived. I, I, I got safe from drowning, I gotta admit. I'm an idiot. I was swimming in one of the lakes in Canada. Those lakes are so beautiful. Oh, God. You ever seen such a clean water, pure water lake? I've never seen in my life. Such beautiful, so inviting. So go in the lake. And, eh, it's like, there's a little island over there. I can just swim to the island. And I'll swim back. It's not so far, right? This is after a day of rowing the boat. Ay, ay, ay. Nearly drowned. I don't know who the guy saved me, but I wasn't really drowning, but I just didn't have any strength to swim. You ran out of swimming. You don't realize you're on. It looks so close and it's so far. It's just... Anyway, so Paz going to say, thank you, Hashem. You gave me another lease on life. You gave me another lease on life. So, a person doesn't need dramatic events in life to feel happy. Every time you wake up, it's a really dramatic event. That's the thing we don't really realize and we don't appreciate. We don't appreciate the miracles that happen to us every single day. We don't appreciate the miracles of the human body. The biggest miracles of the human body is amazing. You know, last week I was reading an article. Um, it's a scientific article. Um, it's about when you, when you touch something, you really feel something physical over here, right? I'm holding the table, and I feel a real solid thing, but the truth is, the table is made up of atoms, and the majority of the atom is empty space. So when you hold the table, what are you holding? Huh? Atoms? What's around the atom? Any science over here? Space. And what's around the space? Electrons. Electrons. And what are electrons? No one knows. Where are those electrons? Quantum theory. We can guess statistically where they are. But I'm holding on to the thing. He says, no, the science says today, no, you're not even holding your atoms, you're not holding the electrons. What are you holding? It's your electromagnetic field in your hand interacting with the electromagnetic field of the table. There's nothing solid there at all. The two fields interacting. It feels pretty solid to me. It's a miracle. Think about it. This table doesn't really exist. It's majority space. My hand doesn't really exist. Why? It's 90% water. And the water doesn't exist, but it's 90% space. Amazing miracle! It's all visual. Uh, what is it called? Illusion. Illusions. It's all illusions. It's our imagination, really. It's amazing how God created the world. It looks so real, but it's not really. It's it's majority is spiritual, in space. But Rabbi, the idea of touch, what what touch can do to somebody. Healing. 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 Hopefully, it's either healing or hurting. So, but touch. It's not really. You're not really touching anything. It's your elect- electromagnetic field interacting with something else's electromagnetic field. Oh, gosh. It sounds very Kabbalistic. <laughs> it's not even spir- it's not physical anymore. Physical is not physical anymore. It's all about antimatter and dark matter. You can't even see this stuff. But you can see the interactions of other things with the dark matter. It's amazing. The majority of this world is dark matter. It's like, oh, what? What the heck is that? I don't know. It's, it's very spiritual. 
So we have to wake up in the morning with a bang. Literally with a bang and say, wow, thank God I'm alive. It's like I escaped. I escaped. God gave me another day. God gave me another year. That's why we celebrate birthdays. There's a whole big discussion. Do you celebrate birthdays? Not celebrate birthdays. But the idea is not to celebrate a birthday. It's not a birthday per se. It's the fact that God gave us another lease in life. Hashem, thank you for another year. Hopefully it's a productive year. I've got to use my time wisely. That's the main thing. To use one's time wisely because we waste so much time, so much precious time. Time is life. We don't really realize. Time is life. Time is life. We waste our lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hashem says, I give you life. Life is the most precious gift I give you. Don't waste it. So act as if you're joyous. If you don't feel the spontaneity of feeling joy of being alive, but you should act as if they're, they're joyous, and that increases your good feelings, and it can be helpful to do this with a light sense of humor. Individuals who are too earnest and serious when they try this complaint, it does not work for them. Okay, they're too serious. Some people are too serious. <laughs> okay, let's just finish off with Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich. Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich was a mashkiach of Mir Yeshiva. Gaon, Gaon, Gaon. This man was a GI. What was Rabbi Chaim Shmulevich. He was in uh, Shanghai. And he kind of, he was Rafhaim Velovovitz, the great Mashkiach. Rabbin Yerucham, he's a great Mashkiach. Rafhaim Shalash was a great Mashkiach of um, Miri Shiva. And he has his book, Sichot Musa, which is translated now into English on the Parsha of the Week. Amazing ideas. He gives the analogy if your glass falls and breaks, you might be upset. But at that moment, your friend comes in and says, You just won the lottery. So now, what's a glass when it broke compared to the lottery? So the glass is trivial. The act of picking up the glass is trivial compared to that you won the lottery. He tells his students, when you gain a profound appreciation of being alive, you'll be free from any other complaints because you have to realize, I won the lottery today. I'm alive. I won the lottery. So what is there to worry about? You'll still need to seek solutions, but your emotional state will be more conducive to finding them. When you feel happy, your emotional state is more conducive to finding solutions. When a person is unhappy, the emotional state is not conducive to finding solutions. Where do we see this in the Torah? And the answer is Hagar. What I was having to Hagar, Hagar is crying and sobbing away. Why? Her son is dying of thirst. And the angel comes and says, Hagar, what, what's going on, Hagar? Why are you crying? Well, the angel didn't know. Her son is dying of thirst. He says, no, Hagar, why are you crying? You have no reason to cry. There's a well right here. Open her eyes and look. Open your eyes and look. But she couldn't open her eyes. Why? She was so depressed. The person's so depressed and so down. They can't see that their the refuah is right there. The, 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 the help is right there. So it's a different attitude to life. Happiness brings results. It's amazing. That's Jewish history. We're still here, guys. Jews are still here. And not only Jews are still here, we're vital. I'm Israel Chai. It's such a, it's amazing. It's a miracle. We have to thank God a million times. We don't really appreciate it. But just 60 years ago was the Holocaust. 60 years ago. That's it. How long? 60 years? 70. 70 years already. Wow. Gosh. Time's flying. <laughs> but it just shows. I mean, who today Jews? Well, they don't even think about it. Most people Jews don't even think about it. It's Chaval. We have to appreciate every second. We're still around. Not just we're around. We're stronger than ever. Baruch Hashem. It's a miracle. We're living a miracle. You have to appreciate. We're living the best time in the history of Jewish history. We'll see, we'll see redemption in our days. Full redemption. Amen. To be continued. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.